0: Good evening everybody. Hi. Will you please join me in prayer? Lord we just come before you tonight to share your story with everybody and just thank you for um, how you've been with us through all of this and um, thank you for still caring for us and taking care of us and helping us to come together with you so that we can stay together as a couple and continue to work on our marriage. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, good evening. We are John and Meredith Hall, believers who've been married 16 years. We have three children. I think they have a picture. Here they are. And the 16 years, we've had struggles that have taken our marriage to very low places. We have led and attended at reengage, so have we been in the seats that you're in and understand how hard marriage can be. Let me give you a little background so you can see our big picture. I was born in 1963 and Meredith in 1973. At the time of Meredith's birth, my parents were divorced. My dad was absent and had been replaced with an abusive father figure. I was a latchkey kid. For those of you who don't know what that is, I had the key hanging around my neck on a piece of leather. And I let myself in and out of the house and went to school back and forth. It's a whole different time back then. There was no influence of Christ in our home as my mom ran from the church during the divorce. At this time, I was introduced to pornography, and I was being raised by a single mom with three kids on a school's teacher's salary.
1: So in contrast to John, my parents have never divorced and um, have been together for 43 years. I grew up understanding the love of Christ, and our family was faithful um, to attend and be active in church and numerous other ministries. I came from school to a mother who would ask me about every part of my day over snacks, She led me to a relationship with Christ at the age of five. I also had a dad who was always there for me. I spent my summers at Canicut Camps, where I started learning about being a fully devoted follower of Christ, and I was also raised in very affluent neighborhoods and schools.
0: During my teens, my self-worth came from how much and how hard I worked, and I worked a lot mowing yards, working at the grocery store, working for my father figure. I learned how to zone out with alcohol and pot. I was promiscuous starting at age 14. I started my current career at age 17. And after my mother mother married the abusive father figure, I lived on my own the second half of my senior year. My best friend told me I needed to visit this certain church because it had the hottest looking chicks. So I went about a dozen times, but never learned or understood the love of Christ.
1: My teenage years were spent actively involved at a small Christian high school and church youth group. I attended Baylor University and got a degree in nursing, was a counselor at Canicut Camps during the summer, and went on medical mission trips. I prided myself on obedience to the Lord, especially when it came to sexual purity. I did not have any habits, no hang-ups, no hurts. Or so I thought. <laughs>
0: While Meredith was on mission trips, I was 32 and going through a divorce. I want to point out here that my first marriage wasn't biblical. My wife wasn't willing to work on it. Not that it would have mattered because we wouldn't have gone to a church for help. And the reasons for my divorce were not based on biblical conversations or wisdom. It was painful and the reason I gave my life to Christ. At this point, I devoted myself to loving the Lord and in living a life devoted to Him. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. After this life change, I met Meredith at church. We were the last two to leave every event because we couldn't quit talking. We made the decision to date exclusively and see where the Lord took us. I told her all the ugly parts of my past so that there wouldn't be any surprises and so that she could make a fully informed decision about what she was stepping into. So as you can see, I didn't have any hurts, habits, or hang-ups either.
1: We were both running hard after Christ, serving at church, and we were surrounded by a strong group of believers doing the same. We had the world by the tail, and life was going to be nothing but flowers. Our pre-marital counselor said, you are wearing rose-colored glasses for sure.
0: Meredith started taking birth control pills 30 days before our wedding, at which point her health took a dramatic hit. Within four months of getting married, we were in the emergency room because her lungs were 70% filled with blood clots. The doctor stood before us speechless that she was alive. During the year-long recovery from this, we learned that she has a life-threatening blood disorder and other factors which made carrying and delivering children a huge risk. Multiple doctors advised us not to have biological children. Even though Meredith had always had a desire to adopt, this news was earth-shattering. At this point, we decided to adopt, and God blessed us with our first son, Rowan. When Rowan was 18 months old, we decided to adopt again, and this time it was not with a reputable adoption agency, and it ended up being the hardest six months of our lives. After the two children had been in our home for six months, the adoption didn't go through. Three days after this happened, Meredith called me at work and told me to come home. And I said, why? And she said, because I'm pregnant. We ended up having back-to-back pregnancies, which blessed us with our next two sons, Houston and George, who were only 14 months apart. During these two pregnancies, I watched as Meredith was put on a medical device that pup pumped heparin, or blood thinner, into her body 24 hours a day. She endured bed rest, weekly trips to Baylor for high-level sonograms, and testing, hospital admissions for complications during the pregnancies, and two early scary deliveries. At this point, we had three kids under four, and had been slowly slipping into unhealthy patterns.
1: Not a roller coaster ride at all. Um, during these seven years, I really lived from one crisis to big event to the next, pursuing what I thought was supposed to make me happy. Even though I remained faithful to serving the Lord and my family and doing all the right things, what I wasn't doing was surrendering my own will, desires, and ways... to follow God's plan and path for my life. All of life fell short of my own expectations. I found myself growing angry with God, not understanding why he gave me the health issues after I had been so obedient all my life. I was angry with John all the time. I wanted him to rescue and fix me and every other problem that life was throwing at us. Life wasn't fun and it wasn't easy, and I was angry. I struggled with depression and used money that God had given us to give me ha- temporarily give me happiness and worldly things. I ran to food, those things and people to fill my life with happiness. And although my parents had stayed together, I had never been or seen a biblical marriage based on self-sacrifice, servant leadership or submission. I blamed John for all of this and tried desperately to control everything and everyone around me. As a result of this, my children were learning to obey based on fear, and my husband was cold and bitter.
0: I wasn't communicating with Meredith. I thought she should just know how I was feeling and what she should be doing. With her anger, I continually became more and more passive. I wasn't managing our money well, and an issue I didn't respect as an issue, pornography— Became my way of zoning out. I started growing cold and bitter, and my sin drove the wedge between Meredith and me deeper.
1: So here we were, two discontent, self serving people. We were trying to make it work, but we were falling short every time. We were active in church, we were asking the Lord to change us, and we continued to be selfish and make bad choices. During the eighth year of our marriage, God brought several couples at our church here at Watermark into our lives. Together, these couples shared every part of what we were dealing with, and they walked us through it. It's just what we needed. As a couple, John and I had always been honest and open about our lives, but this time we were in a desperate place, and our community group met us where we were. They asked us hard questions and prayed for us, And they showed us tenderness and mercy as we started down this long road of healing. James 5.16 states that, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective.
0: I had admitted my struggle with pornography to my community group. Instead of going to Regeneration, which is a Christian-based 12-step program here at Watermark that I highly recommend to everyone, they monitored me through programs on my computer and continued to ask me how I was doing. After too many failures, I asked them if this meant I needed to go to Regeneration, when one of them said, well, why wouldn't you? And so I went, and Meredith joined me.
1: I went to Regen with John to support him. (laughs) But... I really came out learning more about myself and my struggle with anger and control. Life wasn't easy and I wanted it to be. I hadn't learned how to submit and let God be on the throne of my life with John as my leader. Although I loved the Lord and had committed my life to serving him, was in community, was doing everything I was supposed to do, it was still all about me. My comfort, my desires, my pride. I was on the throne of my own life. All this led me to not respecting, liking, or wanting to be around John. I was committed to staying married, but that was it. No matter how hard I tried, he couldn't do anything right. And once I figured this out, I would just try harder. And no matter how hard I tried, I failed.
0: I felt like Meredith looked at me as the enemy. And when the church announced they were starting reengage, I told Meredith we were going. She said okay and begrudgingly went.
1: Region to reengage. <laughs> um, so I remember going through the motions of this study of reengage. I remember discussing our reengage questions and going to bed mad and angry because my sinful self was fighting the truth. God's desire to make me whole by submitting my will to his. I remember watching the movie Fireproof and going through the love dare. All at the same time, it was here that I committed to praying daily for John. I spent time in God's word. I would read his word in journal. I prayed to him constantly. It was here that I started understanding the beauty of putting my Savior where he belonged. As the authority of my life on the throne. For a while, I'd heard that marriage was to make you holy, not happy. And for a long time, I didn't understand what that meant. But now I was in a new place. My expectations for John, my children, and others started to change. There's one Bible verse that I loved to cling to at this time. It was Hebrews 13, 21. Sorry. May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him, forever and ever. It wasn't about me anymore, it was about the Lord. It wasn't by my own might that this happened, but by God's grace and the Spirit living in me that I started to change.
0: After weeks of attending and humbling ourselves before the Lord, our re-engage group, and our community group, God began softening our hearts towards each other. One night in our re-engage small group, we were explaining our past, and our leaders were looking back at us with these, wow, you've been through a lot faces. These looks made me realize, wow, we've been through a lot Meredith has been through a lot.
1: So at this point in the conversation, John and looked at me and he said, I am so sorry. You have endured so much. We have endured so much. And I am so sorry for all that has happened to you and to us. I remember dissolving into tears, kind of like right now. For the first time in our marriage, John had validated years of heartache and turmoil, and his eyes showed such compassion and understanding.
0: I watched Meredith melt right before me. I watched as her demeanor changed, and it was like suddenly we were on the same page. I've had so many bumps and bruises in my life, not that Meredith hasn't, but I had learned to go through life taking the blows like a pinball machine. Take the hit and keep moving. For a long time, I didn't have boundaries with what I watched on TV because nothing shocks me. Mare often said, I am desensitized, and she's right. However, I have a wife that feels deeply and is passionate about almost everything. When I expected her to take the hits and keep moving, I wasn't loving her and treating her as fine crystal. God knows this about me and about most men, and he gives us his word in order to refine this part of our lives. 1 Peter three seven says, Likewise, husbands, Live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may, be, may not be hindered. I am learning to respect Meredith's emotional side by communicating better, which involves me learning how to realize what emotions I am feeling when I get discouraged. It also allowed me to stop and listen to her thoughts and feelings and lovingly validate and care for her. It also gives me the freedom to feel and communicate what God is placing on my heart so that she can better love and understand me as well.
1: So, since we went through reengage, I can honestly say God moved me down the path of refinement quite a bit. One of the battles I fight daily is the battle over my thoughts. 2 Corinthians 10.15 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Don't get me wrong, I still struggle with anger and control and I daily battle God's place on the throne of my life, but I also know that what is in my mind affects my heart and often comes out my mouth. So I'm learning to memorize God, God's word, which has allowed me to recognize discouraging and evil thoughts. I fail constantly and John and I have constantly revisited where our marriage is struggling and where it's succeeding. I find myself going to God's word for answers instead of relying on my feelings or thoughts to determine my response. And I will be really honest with you, it's been a lot more difficult lately, and um, that's something I'm still really um, working on.
0: I struggle too, but we are both struggling better and we are both quicker to apologize. As you can see from our story, we were married but far from being one. I love what the scripture says and what hope we have. Romans fifteen four, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. It was by God's grace, patience, and love, and the hope we have in our relationship with Jesus Christ that we are here telling our story. We pray he will continue to be glorified in us as he continues to write the rest of our story. Thank you for letting us share this with you tonight, and we pray he will do the same with each of your marriages, no matter what your story might be.